Welcome back to another episode of Raising Joyful and Resilient Black Children. I'm your host, Valerie Adams-Bass, with our special co-host, Desiree Tucker, one of our Parent Joy Circle members. And today's episode, we're highlighting a young man making a difference in the world. Joining us today is Dakari Tatum, founder of the Rubber Band Mentality, and his grandmother, Gwendolyn. Welcome to the show, Takari and Gwendolyn, and thank you, Desiree, for joining us. Welcome, Desiree, for being my co-host this evening. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to join you, and welcome to Takari and Gwendolyn. Thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. So, Takari, can you tell us about the inspiration behind the rubber band mentality? How did you come up with using a rubber band bracelet to address mental health issues, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic? One of the biggest inspirations for Snap It as a whole and the rubber band mentality was my grandfather's death. When my grandfather passed, it impacted me in numerous negative ways. And it also was during COVID. And I was in school during that time and we had we, had, we were in quarantine. We had our uh, virtual learning. A lot of people were being drained from that. A lot of people were uh, sad, crying, not even having their cameras on. Um, a lot of people were losing their family members during COVID. And two of my favorite athletes, Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles, they uh, showed symptoms of mental health issues. That was really the main idea for Snap It and why I created it and what what keeps me going every day. Wonderful. Takara, you know, as an 11-year-old, your initiative is genuinely remarkable. And could you share more about your journey from you know, the project's inception to becoming a national spokesperson for NAMI. You know, what motivated you to take such a proactive role in raising awareness about mental health? I've been doing this since October of uh, 2021. And it's been a very big journey and insightful just seeing how many people's lives I've touched just because I decided to create Snapple Bracelets. The way that this was born was because my target teacher, Ms. Mendenhall, she uh, gave us a project for us to work on. And it was a community service project, so we had to help our community some way, shape, or form. So I decided to make Snapper bracelets to help the community with mental health. Anytime you feel stressed or anxious, you snap it to remind yourself to stay cool, calm, and collective, and to breathe. When I first said this idea out to the class, everybody was like, wow. They were all thinking that this was a real situation that was going on throughout the world, especially during COVID, and it's nice to spread some light. The next major thing that I did was I put my idea on Facebook and Instagram. The first organization that reached out to me was NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness. And shortly after, I became a spokesperson for NAMI, and I did several photo shoots and interviews with them. Wow. Thank you, Dakari. Just for a moment, can we shift over to your grandmother, Gwendolyn? Gwendolyn, you know, as a grandparent, supporting your grandchild's passion and advocacy is, that's really incredible to see. How has Dakari's project impacted your family and community? How can parents encourage their children to take on meaningful initiatives like this one? Well, it's basically um, taking toll on our family. Our family is so proud of Takari. We started out with this project and we were going to give out like a thousand bracelets or something and just do our little project. And it just kind of grew and grew once he did put it on YouTube. It just grew and I was like, well, I feel that way. I feel that way. I feel that way. 
And for Kari to give up his weekends, he could be playing ball. He could be watching TV and playing his video games. But he uses his weekends to go out, set up a booth, give out his bracelets for free, talk about mental health, tell people that it's okay to not be okay. And there are you know, avenues that you can talk to. And for a young person to do that and then talk to other young people, I thought that was really remarkable. And parents should look at kids and say, wow, you really have this passion for this. Let's hone on on this. Let's look at this. Let's create this and keep going. And when he just kept coming with me with different ideas, I want to go here and I want to talk about this and I want to write a book. And I, and I was like, okay, well, let's do this. I, I have never been in this arena where my kids were sports kids. And so we were always at the baseball field, the football field, the basketball court. We were doing that kind of thing. And I had never been in this kind of arena where I had to figure it out. And I was like, okay, Kari wants to do this. So let's kind of figure it out. And so I just say to parents, listen to your child. If they have something that they are passionate about, go for it. There's the great world of Google. You can Google and find out what you can do to help your child and you can go from there. So I would say, just listen, do a lot of listening as a parent, as a grandparent in my case. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, the stigma around mental health is a challenge to address, even for adults. How has the rubber band mentality helped break down these barriers, especially among children? And, you know, what are some of the positive changes you've witnessed from wearing the rubber band bracelets and raising awareness? Overall, the rubber band mentality's main focus is setting the stigma around mental health and make sure everybody has a safe place to talk about their feelings and make sure that they know that it's okay not to be okay. And they shouldn't feel ashamed that they're going through something internally because in, in any way, shape or form, somebody is going through something. No matter if it's mental or physical, somebody's going through something. Some of the positive effects that I've felt from wearing these is that when something bad happens, I just take five seconds to breathe and just figure out the right thing to do in that situation instead of just lashing out, being rude, or even getting aggressive for no reason, you know? And sometimes that just happens, you know, internally because we have that instinct to fight and we have that instinct to be aggressive when you're not agreed with sometimes. That's just how it works. But sometimes you just have to take a step back, breathe, and think about the situation. Take a step back, breathe, and think about it. That is wonderful advice. Dakari, you've distributed over 5,000 bracelets across multiple states and even the U.S. Virgin Islands. What kind of response have you received from those wearing these bracelets? Can you share a particular story that stands out to you showing the impact your initiative has had on someone's life? Now I've actually given out 20,000 bracelets. Oh, wow. One of the most important stories that I've told to other people and one of the main stories that I always tell the people, telling them that, you know, this actually works and that you shouldn't be afraid to tell your story is Max. It was a lady named Max that came to one of my Juneteenth celebrations. And you can actually find um, when I interviewed her on my uh, website, she had a husband who unfortunately had cancer. And she came to my booth and she thanked me for the help. She grabbed a couple of my rubber band bracelets and she went uh, to her husband in the hospital. They each had a bracelet and her husband said that that connected them and they were snapping their bracelets through the stress. And unfortunately, when her husband passed away, 
they buried him with a brick slip. And that really impacted her because that was such a, that was a terrible moment in her life. Like she was very sad. And when she came up to my booth, she was even crying. And we gave her the comfort that she deserved. We gave her the reassurance telling her that everything is going to be okay. And she was really touched by that. Thank you so much for sharing such a powerful story. And I, I think it's important to point out that, you know, although you're only 11 years old, you're also impacting adults, not just children. So there are adults who are receiving benefits from wearing your bracelets and the rubber band mentality. So thank you for that. Can you share with us how listeners can learn more and support your initiative? One way that you can support me is by going on my website, therubberbandmentality.com, and purchasing one of my books. My book is just a way to see what was going on inside of my head during my grandfather's passing and while he was sick. I wouldn't say that it was a good thing, but I benefited from my grandfather's passing because that was a way for me to know that every sad thing can be twisted into a positive light. You can learn from your mistakes. And every time you're sad, you can learn how to cope better every time you get sad. Also, in the back of my book, it has a vocabulary page where if you purchase this for your kid and your kid doesn't have the words to express what they're feeling, you have um, like synonyms, antonyms, and the definition for anxious, brokenhearted, depression, and many more, just so kids will know what they're feeling. And you can also purchase one of my bracelets on. I love the vocabulary list. That's really helpful to have back there. What a great idea. And your book is called Snap It. Snap it. That is wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. You know, not to put you on the spot, but do you have a, a particular section in there that's a you feel uh, you'd like to share with readers, just like a little a little excerpt that you can you can read for us? One of my favorite parts in the book is um, when my uh, grandpa first got sick, I show Jolly Ranchers because it symbolizes the sickness that you feel in your in your stomach when other people around you aren't feeling well and the empathy in your heart. And it says, when I got home from school, I didn't know the words to express what I was feeling. I just knew I had a lump in my throat that felt like I had swallowed a jawbreaker. My stomach felt like I had devoured a bag of Jolly Ranchers. Grandma, I don't feel well. Everything hurts. I'm sorry, honey. Why don't you go lay down before dinner, said Grandma. That was just a little small um, page for the book, just to um, set up my feelings and show how I was feeling. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I have a 10-year-old who's in fifth grade this year. And when I told him about you and your project, and how successful you've been. He was so inspired. And he said, you know, mom, I would love to be able to do something like that too. So you just never know how you're going to impact others, whether they, you know, have your product or just are exposed to your story. So I just really want to encourage you and and say what a great job you're doing. And thank you. Keep going. I can't wait to see what you do next. What are you going to do next? The next thing on my agenda is I'm actually going to do a book drive where I'm going to be reading my book. And also it's going to be at the Bookworm in Powder Springs, Georgia. And um, you can come on down, bring a gently used book or you can buy a book. And we're going to be donating the books to the Children's Read America, Atlanta. Atlanta. And we're going to be donating to them so they can know 
that every kid deserves to work. That's awesome. Hi, good evening, everyone. I just want to say hi and let you know that I've been in the background trying to join you for some time. And I am delighted to hear the stories of how you got started and the support of your grandmother. It is incredibly touching the way that you are not only connecting with young people and helping them to facilitate their emotions, but adults to facilitate their emotions because we also need help. So thank you all for being patient and just for your leadership, Takari. I think it's amazing. Thank you for the support. He's also going to be on next Saturday at a middle school here in Georgia. He's doing a health fair for the Delta sorority. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be doing a talk and he's going to be on a panel. And then he's going to do a talk for Black youth boys. Awesome. What a wonderful opportunity. An incredibly wonderful organization as well. However, I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to I am. I am. I must, I must profess, not confess. <laughs> I am. And one of our five points is mental health, right? And so it's health and wellness. So that's one of our program points. So I love the fact, and we also work closely in our communities with children and families. So I'm, I'm wonderfully delighted to hear that you'll be a part of that activity. I do have to ask, we often ask our guests because this the, the title of the podcast is Raising Joyful and Resilient Black Children. And you've talked quite a bit about how you came to to develop the rubber band mentality and how you've come to share that with other children and even adults. We always like to ask, or we often ask, you know, there's the resilience of our community and then the joy. So how do you think about helping people when they're coping with these stressful situations to also harness their joy, right? How do you help them to grieve, stop, and get through that moment that might feel difficult, but also to celebrate the joy, particularly young people, because I know that can be hard. In everyday life, you should always share a smile with everybody you come by through. And you should always make sure you ask people, how was your day? How are you today? We're saying good morning, good afternoon. And make sure you always be nice, even in the hardest situations. Just like I said, step back and make sure you know what you're going to say before you say it. Also, one way you can help other people is giving them a safe place to talk about their feelings and their emotions. And if they don't want to, respect their privacy and respect that they don't want to be talked to at that moment. Absolutely. So a smile can bring a smile to someone else's face. And that is definitely a way to harness joy, right? It increases so your real estate value of your face. So thank you for that. And then, as you said, giving people the space to, you know, if they want to talk about their emotions and how they're feeling great, if they don't, and they just need that quiet, safe space to do that as well. So we, we like understanding and appreciating how do we manage and cope with stressful moments or difficult times And how do we appreciate the joy that's a part of our life? You know, we like to think of that um, and ask our guests how they do that. And how about you, Grandma? What's your takeaway in terms of harnessing joy? What's your recommendation? I I, I kind of agree with Takari that, you know, a smile, a talk to, because sometimes I'm a teacher. And so I know that I work in um, lower income uh, communities and sometimes that smile is the only smile that child's going to get or that hug is the only child, a hug that child's going to get for that day, that month, maybe that year because of what they're going through. You'd be amazed at kids so young, what they have to put up with and go through. Cause I had a great childhood. Cars having a great childhood, but everybody's not like sure. That. And when I see a child and I know that he 
has or she has this potential, this built up in them. I try to harness that. I try to talk to them. I try to talk to the parents. I try to counsel a mentor because sometimes that's all it takes that that they know that somebody else cares. You know, that might be the only, and when I was told that what, as a younger teacher, I was like, that's the only smile they got all day was mine. <laughs> I was like, really? Right. And you hear the situations and you know what's going sure. on. You're like, wow, that, that's pretty sad. So you can make an impact by just talking to them, bringing them a, a snack. Sure. Showing that they care. Some, somebody cares. Thank you, Gwendolyn. And that's really important, right? Showing that you care, expressing care. And, and that can be a joyful moment, particularly for young people and adults who just may be having a difficult yeah. time. And that, you know, that time could be five minutes, that time could be five days or five months. But the idea that someone is stopping to share their joy to encourage you is incredibly important. And we know that touch means so much, particularly within the Black community, yes. how we connect with one another, how we support one another, those kinships, both those that are you know, by blood and just friendship and extension are incredibly important historically. And so when we think about uh, those moments in time, how we can harness that joy as we go through these difficult moments is incredibly important. And now even when you lose a loved one, like Kari lost his grandpa, which was my husband, and it, as sad as it was, we want to make sure that they understand that you love this person. So there were good things, there were good memories. Let's harness it on that. Let's not harness it on that he was so sick and you watched him die. Let's harness in on when you went to the beach and when you play, he taught you how to play chess or when you shared an ice cream sundae or, you know, things like that. Let's think about that because his grandfather loved him and he wouldn't want him to walk around being sad and mad all the time. Absolutely. He wants him to be happy and live life. So you have to explain to kids, yes, it was sad. It was sad. And, and that's life. You're born, you're going to die. Some, you're going to know, you're going to know people who die. And it's, Hopefully you live long enough to know people that die. You don't die young. Sure. So, so you hope that, but you don't want to harn in on the set. But I think the New Orleans has the best idea. They celebrate life. They, everything's a party. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody dies, they have that little celebration. And then all of a sudden the bands come out and everybody's dancing and singing Absolutely. and partying and eating crawfish mm-hmm. and doing that thing. Yes, yes. And I think they have that's mentality of it all. You're going to celebrate this life and not mourn the death. Absolutely. Harnessing that joy is is incredibly important, especially when we have those difficult times and helping young people to walk through and understand and process that aspect of the circle of life, right? And so it's difficult for anyone, but just really, you know, I like that Sakari has this thought of like talking about it, stop and pausing and experience it as you move through it. So that's incredibly important as well. Desiree, I know you've heard that question before about harnessing joy. Any additional thoughts or contributions you want to share to this conversation today? You know, I just want to say it was such a a pleasure to be part of the conversation. Thank you so much to Kari and Gwendolyn for joining us. And again, I'm so inspired and so many other people are also inspired by Takari now and going to be in the future. So I wish you all the best. Thank you. We are excited to continue to hear and follow you and to spread the word about the amazing work that you do and how you're touching the lives of young people and their families. It's been a pleasure meeting you too. Thank you. Thank you. 
Wow, that was such a great conversation. I, I am so glad that I got to be a part of it and to meet Dakari and, and Gwendolyn. Their story is so inspirational. And at this point, I, I can't wait to receive the book because I'm going to order it and the Snap It bracelets so that I can hand them out to my kids and, and have them share with their friends. Really, really inspirational. I agree, Desiree. It was certainly an inspirational conversation. And just to listen to Takari, he was so thoughtful and mature about his purpose with this book, how this book was helping him, how he's helped others. And it seemed like he could have told us an infinite amount of stories of the people he's touched. And I think, you know, part of it is reminding people that it's okay to process your feelings. And he seems to be very thoughtful about it and mindful of it, but also just inspiring that he's such a young man and committed to, you know, helping us to be better to ourselves and to one another. I was just blown away by the amount of poise and concern and focus he had on his mission. So that was delightful. It was a delightful moment for me to hear him tell his stories as, and, and also for, you know, often we'll hear people say making lemons out of lemonade. So for his own personal loss, you know, losing his grandfather who he was very close to, and then using that to help other people process their emotions at such a young age where we know, you know, oftentimes young people, particularly black young people aren't encouraged to process their emotions. So I love that he has the support of his family and that he's encouraging other young people as well as adults to do the same. Yes. And, you know, speaking of that support, you know, his grandmother talked a little bit about how much she wanted to support him really from the beginning. And whatever ideas he came back to her with, came home with, she said, let's go do it. Let's go figure it out. And I think that makes such a big difference. I'm so glad that she was able to do that for him. I think very often as parents wanting to protect our children from, you know, sometimes the harsh reality of the world and, and rejection, they come up with ideas and we may not always be in a place where we can encourage or we're, we're scared of what may happen or how they may feel if it's something that isn't ex accepted. And I'm so glad that she shared that her process for encouraging him and taking him wherever he needed to go. And I hope other parents hear that, listen to that and, and feel encouraged by it also. Absolutely. And I liked, you know, that small steps became a bigger idea. Yeah. You know, when we were talking with him and we said, well, we know you've given out over 10,000 bracelets. He was very clear. Nope. I've actually given out over 20,000 bracelets, you know, so that he, <laughs> he was owning, you know, not only he was owning yeah. his moment and his success and his grandmother was so supportive. You know, we do know that sometimes as parents, when we've not had the experience or the vision that our children or our grandchildren have had, that we can be a little skeptical or you know, have reservations about cheering them on and letting them to move forward and explore and try and be big or, you know, we don't want them to experience a failure that perhaps we've experienced. So, you know, her willingness yeah. to step out and, and support him 
is so important. And we hope that our parents and guardians listening, you know, are paying attention to their children who might have one small idea. So perhaps it's not, you know, going yeah. in the in the same narrative arena as Takari really thinking about mental health as we get ready to move into mental health awareness month, but perhaps they want to be an entrepreneur in another way. So, you know, one of the things that Gwendolyn, his grandmother mentioned was learning about, you know, what he needed to do to make his visions reality, right? So if our children come to us and say, I want to learn how to build a bike, perhaps we don't know how to do that, but we look for the resources uh, and the YouTube videos, or we go to the classes and we find out how we can help their visions become reality so that they get to try and that they get to, you know, make their mark in the world and, and explore that in a way that, you know, often black children are not encouraged to do. So I love that she, you know, she really spoke clearly about, you know, her wanting to support him, but also working through her own concerns about how to make sure that she could. And so I love that. Yeah, I love that. That reminds me of my favorite book as a child, which was, you know, one of the favorite books was The Little Engine That Could. And, you know, I think I can. And the fact that she was like, if he thinks he can, then I'm going to support him. I love that. Absolutely. We, you know, as parents, guardians, grandparents, we are we are never too old to to learn ourselves and to to dive into something new. And she talked about how, you know, with her kids, they were into sports and this is a brand new arena for her. And just, I love that she was so supportive and, and, you know, he's soaring, he's doing great. So that support definitely shows. Yes. He's doing incredibly well and really, you know, comfortable in his process and what he's learning. Yeah. Right. So not only in, you know, what he's learning and what his goals are to share the word and to get others snapping. Right. So saying, what's your joy quotient, Takari? And for Takari to say, well, smile. Right. Like here's a simple, easy one. Smile at someone today, yeah. you know. And so and I did that. He said, don't forget the snap. I said, I love it. I just love that he was really committed and, and saying, like, do these things to remind you and to help you process. And that's super important, particularly for young people who just may be having a difficult moment at school or a difficult moment at home. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, as Gwendolyn mentioned, for some of us, whether adults and definitely children, we're not in an environment where we are encouraged to express ourselves and our feelings. And that's particularly true mm -hmm. of Black children, right? In school settings where they are othered or where their discipline right. is so severe, we only see them when they've had enough, right? We don't get to see them processing. So this idea of working through your feelings and reminding yourself to breathe, right? Because our body goes through things where we're under stress, mm -hmm. right? You know, we may forget to breathe deep breathing that helps us to, you know, cognitively process better. So, you know, I'm so excited for him. And as you said, looking forward to sharing the book with my niece and nephews and my own daughter is just an exciting moment to have had this conversation with him and a privilege. Yeah, it really is. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your support. We're grateful to be a part of the Alive Podcast Network the home of Black Voices, where community, culture, and creatives live. If you'd like to support our show and enjoy an ad-free experience, please download and subscribe to the Alive Podcast app, available on the Apple Store or Google Play. For helpful parenting resources and tools, visit whatisblack.co. That's visit whatisblack.co and sign up for our monthly newsletter. 
Don't forget to follow us on social media by checking out our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter accounts at What is Black.